Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,332. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Los Angeles, California, Car Central, as they say, with a very special guest by the name of Sarah Lassick. Sarah, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? It is in gear, and I'm ready to go. All right. Well, have some fun. Now, before we get into your world, what's one little thing that most people don't know about Sarah? <laughs> I would say that it's that I'm an introvert actually and can be fairly shy. Oh. Yeah, I've I've put a, I've practiced a lot putting mm-hmm. on a game face over the years, but sometimes it can still be really hard for me to walk into a room full of people I don't know. Well, I understand that. Yeah, most definitely. Now, have you been on a podcast before? I have been on uh two or three podcasts, yeah. See, you're a pro. So <laughs> And you're with a car buddy here, so you don't have to worry about me at all. Uh, It's just you and me and, I don't know, people in 80 countries. But don't think about that, okay? No worries. Yeah, no worries at all. We'll have some fun talking about cars. Well, let me ask you this because a lot of people have that challenge. What What's maybe one or two of the things that you've done that have helped you overcome that situation in your life? I think, you know, I try to find... There's a reason that we're all in that room or on this call or on a video. And so I try to think about the thing that's uniting us. And, you know, there has to at least be one or two things that I could talk to that person about that we share, I would hope. And I think, you know, when it comes to car things, I have found that to be just a blessing because there's a million things you can talk about, even if that's the only thing that you share in common. So I just try to remember that we're probably all more similar than we are different and to not be afraid. (laughs) It's a great tip. And a lot of people don't think about it. The other part of it is being in the moment with that person. So when you're in a crowd or a group or you meet somebody new is to really be focused on that person. And, And as I remember, I had a great mentor once that taught me, if you're nervous talking to people that are new, and I wish I'd known this trick when I was young and dating, just ask a lot of questions and don't talk. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a good piece of advice. Yep, absolutely. Well, let me give you an introduction here. Sarah Lassick is an innately passionate automotive enthusiast who recently became the chief brand officer for the Petronics Performance family of brands. She now oversees brand and marketing for Petronics Ignition, Aeromotive Fuel Systems, Waterman Racing, Taylor Cable Products, JBA Performance Exhaust, Doug's Original Headers, Patriot Exhaust, I'm getting <laughs> tired here, CompuFire and Spike Inc. My goodness, you've got a lot on your plate or plates. Sarah is most happy on the track or on a canyon run. She is an active member of the Motoring Club in Los Angeles, sits on the advisory board for Triple Zero Magazine, Pete. Shout out to Pete Stout. And have been a subscriber since they launched that that fine publication. And is a member of the all-female team of mentors for the Peterson Automotive Museum Business Incubator Program. Another group that I've had a lot of people on the show from. She is excited to use her new role and other platforms to empower more women to be able to work and play in the automotive 
and motorsports industry. Well, Sarah, you're in good hands here because I've interviewed almost 400 women here on Cars Yeah, so you're in the right place. We'll be back in just a moment to learn a lot more about Sarah and Protonics, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Sarah, uh, before we dive into the, your many roles at per- Patronix, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, family brands for sure, a lot of cousins and uncles and uh-huh. nieces and nephews, I want to talk a little bit about what brought you to this point and a little bit about your background and this passion you have for automobiles. So take us on a little life journey, if you would. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a conundrum to me, honestly. I, I did not grow up, you know, with a family that was in the automotive space. I, you know, my dad wasn't into cars. I don't have a brother that was into cars. I I guess it's just from a time I was really young, I was oddly car obsessed. And, you know, I I wrote an an essay in fourth grade called cars and my mom sent it to me recently and just reminded me that I've had this love in there forever. And, you know, growing up as a tomboy, I would hang out with my guy friends putting engines in old Broncos and 
trucks and, you know, drove like a crazy person and have always <laughs> just really gravitated towards cars. And, you know, oddly, I well, not I guess not oddly, but I ended up, you know, taking taking a path into the apparel industry and fashion. And that's where I spent about 20 years of my career. And I think the thing that's interesting is I do find the parallels between design mm -hmm. and the car world. And I, I have actually started to meet more and more people that sort of overlap. And maybe it's just the, you know, the, the emotion that we feel, whether that comes through apparel or fashion or design and obviously cars and then just the beauty and the design and the things that, you know, looking at a beautiful car, it just takes your breath away. So, you know, that's kind of the thing that I can, the commonality that I can find between the two but yeah, I was in fashion for about 20 years and did try to find whatever opportunity I could to dip my toe into the car space throughout those years, whether it was, you know, tracking cars, whether it was going to races, whether it was doing some coaching and, you know, just tried to figure out what my life in cars would even look like. And that transition really came when I landed at a company called Omaze um, in 2019 and Omaze was a, a fundraising, a digital fundraising platform, and we used sweepstakes to raise money for charities. And mm -hmm. so we did, um, you know, the, the biggest vertical was cars. And so I literally lived my life dreaming up, you know, incredible cars, like any dream car that you could think of, the most, the, you know, the hardest cars to find, the most one-of-a-kind builds, dream experiences like VIP to the Indy 500 or the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, and, you know, did these, these beautiful campaigns and really was able to kind of make a hard left into the automotive space. And that's where I've stayed. Oh, maze. How many times I sign up for cars? You never pick my name, darn it. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I had. Oh yeah. That's an interesting segue into what you've done. Now, I also mentioned in the intro, you sit on the advisory board for Pete's triple uh, zero magazine. How did that come about? Yeah, I was very fortunate last year to get introduced to Pete through a very good mutual friend of ours. And the, the time was right. I, I had taken some time off of work due to some personal things. And Pete and I just clicked. And in really like he needed me and I needed him. And we just we just really bonded. And so I was working with them to help them build some partnerships and talk strategy and bring on some different collaborators, different brand uh, collaborations. And so they just he's really like that whole family has become, you know, so important to me. And I'm just so, you know, honored to be a part of it. So when I made the transition to go full time with Protronics. We just we didn't want to part ways, and so I still am attached to them as as an advisor. That's very cool. And then, of course, the Peterson Automotive Museum, a part of their business incubator program. Could you talk a little bit about that before we get into Protronics? Yeah, absolutely. So this would have been in 2021, the Peterson, the inaugural uh, program. So what they the the focus of it is to bring more female led businesses 
into the industry. So that could have been anything from an engineer to a designer to an events company to fashion, whatever, whatever it is, just as long as it had a focus on automotive. And so the Peterson would we would help go out and spread the word and then we would narrow down the finalists and pick a finalist um, who we would give a they, they got a grant. Um, and then they also were able to tap into the Peterson and the advisory board to help them with their business plan and strategy. So um, it was a very cool uh, effort and and I, I'm we're going to be doing another one. So I'm looking forward to getting back involved with that. Well, very cool. Great group of people there, Terry, of course, the leader there and others that I've had had mm-hmm. on the show. So uh, fantastic. Well, let's dive into Patronix because this is a rather large family <laughs> brand business. And I'd love for you to explain to listeners out there the basis of the umbrella of Patronix. And then we'll talk a little bit of, of the variety of different products that they offer. But uh, if I said Patronix, what's that? How would you answer that question? It's a great question. So Pertronics is both, not to be confusing, Pertronics is both the parent company name, uh, Pertronics Performance Brands, as well as one of the brands, uh, Pertronics Ignition. So the, 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 the sort of amalgamation of different brands came together through some private equity purchases, and it, it all came uh, under this umbrella at the, let's say, I would say probably third quarter of last year. We are focused, all of those brands that you listed are all focused on aftermarket performance um, across fuel systems, exhaust, and ignition wiring. So that's probably the simplest way to to streamline all of that. But yes, it's a broad portfolio, but it's actually probably more related than it might seem. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's quite interesting, of course, for... Someone like me remember putting a Petronas ignition system in a car to get it a little more up to date. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that's the relationship there. And then as it changed, I'm like, wait a minute, what what's going on here? But the venture capital idea and that we see that happen with so many businesses. I've had it with sponsors here where people will come in and buy the brand and start to expand it with a lot more offerings. So this very large list of brands that you have to, I, I wish you with those poles with the spinning plates. is that what you feel like in your job uh it it is and i've you know i've only been with the company for a couple of months so it's uh, it is definitely uh, (laughs) the plates are really spinning then the plates are spinning and it's it's all the you know drinking from a fire hose um all those things but i will say that you know because because of the the broad you know expansive nature of the brands we are really focused on kind of our our focus brands, really, which is our our kind of let's call it our our hero brand and Aeromotive, and then Pertronics Ignition, JBA Exhaust, and, and Taylor Cable, which is celebrating its hundred year anniversary this year. So we wow. we just we have a lot of stories to tell, and we're going to kind of hone in on the brands where we feel really good about launching new products. We'll have a lot coming out around the SEMA timeframe. And just, you know, getting, we, we have so much passion, especially on the aeromotive side for these brands that there's a lot we can, we can do with them. Well, very cool. Uh, very, very exciting. So uh, yeah, you must be having some fun uh, learning about all these different brands and how to bring them to market and carry them forward and grow the business and all of that. So yeah, definitely drinking from a fire hose and spinning <laughs> plates. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Now my vision is plates are spinning with glasses full of water on those plates. So uh, <laughs> just to add a little more complexity, Thank you. You, uh, you're doing a great job. No doubt you're going to have great success there. So I'm not worried about you at all. Uh, if anything, they're going to have to try to keep up with you. So <laughs> when we talk about what you're doing in your role there, what's what are some of your favorite things of what you do in your day to day? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I was most excited about with this job is the ability to, you know, I wouldn't say these these are established brands, but we have, you know, they've been, let's call it quiet for a minute. And so for me, I love the building of the strategy and really thinking about how to grow these brands and and thinking about how we can market and message and get these out to the end consumer. And at the end of the day, like we're a company made up of enthusiasts for enthusiasts. And so, you know, my mind is really exploding with so many different stories that I want to tell and things that I I think not everybody knows what these are, but like you, you know, I said, I, when I started, I had friends that were like, Oh wait, I run Protronics on my 308 or, Oh wait, I run Protronics on, you know, air cooled 911s. And but they didn't connect the dots. And so I think being able to really get these brands out and make them more of a household name and really tap into that, you know, and anyone that's doing a build, whether it's, you know, paying someone to do it or doing it themselves is an enthusiast. We all know there's, you know, time, tears and a lot of money. And then at the end, so much reward when you put all these components into a car. So um, I'm just excited to tell those stories and and make these these, you know, incredible products more of a household name. Well, personally, I want to say thank you to Petronics because I had one of my, I've had lots of 911s, my, one of my early ones had points and God, they were always causing me problems and stranded <laughs> me in the busiest intersection in San Diego one day and I had a suit and tie and I'm trying to push my car out of the way. And, and uh, yeah, so finally I took it to my mechanic and he goes, I'm going to solve all your problems, Mark. And uh, yeah, I went to the electronic ignition, uh, went away, no more problems. So uh, yeah, no more embarrassment. So thank you for that. I was way, way back in my life. Oh my gosh. So I want to talk a little bit about driving inspirations. Uh, perhaps a person in your life that's been a key mentor or somebody that's been very helpful, influential. Is there somebody like that in your past? You know, I've actually, I feel very fortunate that I've had, I've had a few special mentors um, at different chapters in my career. And I think, you know, whether it was really early in my career or in more later days, you know, I've, I've just felt like they've allowed me to the space to grow, to give me more responsible than maybe I was, I was ready for at the time to make mistakes. And, you know, it really, and I can think of very distinct chapters in my career, but I think, you know, I wanted to, to best to really talk about one person that's more of a, um, someone who's come into my life more recently within let's call it the last year or so. Um, I, I lost my husband suddenly uh, in early 22. Oh my goodness. And I, Mark Mitchell, I don't know if you know, Mark, he's a board member at the Peterson Automotive Museum and the chairman of the 1199 foundation. Mm -hmm. And when I reached out and Mark had, had only met my husband once, but, you know, he and I got to be buddies after a, a car week um, journey with the Peterson. And he provided me just incredible guidance and support and encouragement and really just kind of kept gently pushing me to keep my eyes up. And as he would say, look down the road, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when it felt just truly, truly impossible. 
So, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm really lucky over the years to have many people, but I just, he kept standing out to me because I don't know if I would even be kind of ready to get back in the career game, let's say, without his encouragement. So, Well, very fortunate to have somebody like that come along at an incredibly difficult time. So, uh, and nice, I like the way you put that gentle nudging, you know. Uh, move yeah. forward. And, and there's a great analogy there to uh, the ability to look down the path, which is a tie into, of course, racing and driving, always mm-hmm. look way down the road. Uh, and mm-hmm. the same with life sometimes. So uh, very wonderful story. I appreciate sharing a very tough time in your life, no doubt. Uh, you know, when it comes to challenges, and maybe you just covered it, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, you know, I like to ask people about challenges, but more about the lesson that it taught them so they can move forward. Is there an experience like that in your life other than losing your, your husband, which can't, again, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't want to make it about that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many, there's so many lessons that I've learned from that. So, you know, I think the thing that came up from, from a career standpoint was, you know, I I got fired um, when I was in uh, at a company called True Religion. This was probably back in, I don't know, 2010 or 11. And I, you know, in my mind, I was not the person that got fired. I just like, it just didn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So it it was something that, you know, I just couldn't wrap my head around. I felt like a complete and total failure for, for months. And then I did some traveling and I literally woke up when I got back and I was like, no, I'm actually good at what I do. Like this is, I'm not, these people are not going to define me. And I decided to start my own consulting business. And, you know, it was, it was incredibly scary, um, but so liberating. And I think, I think what comes out of that is I've had a few kind of moments in my career, what I could go, where I could go left, I could go right, you know, and it was, these are kind of big defining moments. And I would say, this is one of the bigger ones. And so you just kind of have to hold your nose and (laughs) jump in and, you know, trust yourself, which is not always easy to do, especially with all the noise out there, but just, you know, kind of know in your gut that, that you got, you got this and just, you might fail, you might make some mistakes, but you know, just do it. So it was, um, it led to probably one of the the best chapters in my career. So, well, boy, thanks for sharing another, I, I get it tough time in your life, but you, you set the story straight. I like that. Hold your nose. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. Sometimes we all need that push outside, really outside. That's a tough way to get pushed out of your comfort zone. But yeah. And especially if you're a hardworking person and you feel like you're doing the best you can. And, um, I've, talk to many people about this and some of the the best advice people have shared in similar situations is first thing you got to do is get the gorilla out of your head. Yeah. Uh, You know, which at first, you know, you go, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, if you get fired, you'll understand. Uh, And then really kind of set down and reestablish yourself because so many times when we work for someone else, that becomes our, our entire identity. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to see outside of that. It really is. Right? That's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. But there is so much more outside of that. And as someone else told me, there's never a better time to start your own business when you get fired. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, uh, take that leap. But that also tells listeners out there, always have a runway and plan. You know, that piggy bank idea, uh-huh. save for a rainy day. You uh-huh. just never know. You are ne- if you, As long as you work for someone else, you are never safe. Ever, ever, ever. I don't care how how much you think you might be. It is, it is really true. And I unfortunately have experienced that as, as so many people do, you you are replaceable. And so you just kind of always have to assume, you know, that you are and 
I think that's, you know, coming off the, the other horrible traumatic thing that I went through is you do realize what life is about. Right. And it is, right. it is, you know, I love my job and I love my career and I'm, I very much give a lot to it, but it should not be everything in your world. Uh, and so that those are those are very good lessons. Yeah, you know, I had a great guest on the show not too long ago, a lady who works for a company in Europe. And during COVID, and she said, this company is very, I asked her, the, you know, what's the difference between U.S. companies you've worked for and European companies? And she said, well, there's a real different attitude over in Europe about you have a life outside of your business. And when COVID hit and they all had to work at home, they were required every day to post a I believe she called it a light story. My memory might be off here, but the idea was get up, go outside and take a walk or just breathe or sit and read, do something different. And then they had to post on the company's website what they did every day. Wow. I kind of love that though. Isn't that a great idea? Yes. Healthy, you know? And, And I think, you know, she said what the company realizes and when you get away from your work, even if it's for 30 minutes, better yet, take a week off, right? You see things differently. Your brain opens up, you expand, you you breathe, and you come back refreshed. At least that's the idea. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, is a big part of it. You know, this is cars, yeah. We love to talk about cars. Is there a special vehicle in your life? Well, I mean, I've, uh, I've had a lot of special vehicles, and I, I was thinking about this, and I think – this is going to probably be kind of funny. I'm a, I've been a lifelong BMW just addict. Love it. Uh, okay. However, they've been breaking my heart as of late. Oh but, no. Well, now wait a minute. I, I'm yeah. a BMW guy. I've, I've had, I once we've had two, three, four, five, six, like eight BMWs. I've had four M3s. Okay. They've never let me down. What's going well, on? No, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, we were at all times, basically a five BMW family. Oh so gosh. it was three, you know, I, at one point I had my M5, I had an E92 M3, we had a 330i wagon and then two motorcycles. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. And sort of always rotated through many versions of that. But I think it's just as of late, the design language, I mean, I've never, I I like to lease my dailies because I like to try new things. And when the lease on my M5 came up, which is the F90, it was a 2019, um, I bought it and I, because and I couldn't think of any other BMW that I wanted to get, which was just shocking to me. Any new BMW that I wanted that I wanted to get, and I couldn't. I can't get past the snout. <laughs> I, you know, now I understand what you're talking about. I can't either. Yeah, they, they lost so, me. Yep. Um, I, anyway, I love BMWs, but I think where my roots come from, like probably my most special car, had to have been my 1989 full-size Ford Bronco, Eddie Bauer edition. <laughs> okay. So I learned how to drive on a VW Bug, which is a great teacher. But shortly there, thereafter, I, I got a Bronco. And I've always loved Broncos, and I've, you know, always been obsessed. And so, you know, this was in high school, so this takes you way, 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 way back. But, <laughs> you know, the, this car, I think, really solidified my love of cars and just the, what cars do for us. And the power, the freedom, the pride, the fun, you know, all of that. It it just, I I think about that car and what it did, you know, I just remember sitting in there and cruising around, taking that stupid top off that you could never get back on (laughs) 
way. It weighed like a million pounds. Yep. But that car was just such an early manifestation of my connection with cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think about it a lot still. I, I feel like I need to go get one again. <laughs> well, you know, I understand everything you're saying. And do you, being a, a lady who loves great design, and I get it, the, I've had a hard time with the new BMWs. That's why the one in my garage now I bought new 18 years ago. It's an E46 M3. Oh. Just can't do the the snout. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That yeah. that big nose. So, do you like the new Ford Bronco, the variation on the old? I do. I think you know. I I, I realize that you can't compare. You know, people try to compare. Sort of like the you know nine elevens, and you know everyone's like, ah, they're not the same. Well, of course they're not the same, right? Like cars are very different now, and so if you try to compare them apples to apples, I don't think they're ever going to hold up. Whether the reality of you know, the Bronco had its problems in 89, but I think the new one is a good reimagination. You know, I think I definitely like the bigger ones. I like the four door. I like the one, you know, the Sasquatch edition, (laughs) like the ones that are kind of built, they look a little underwhelming if they're not. But I think as far as, you know, all things considered, I think they did a good job reimagining it. I think so too. Yeah. And uh, a great Rob Dickinson term there, reimagined, uh, <laughs> if you will, if you think of his wonderful singer vehicles, which is tremendous. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Nicely done. Okay. Now I understand what you're talking about, but you <laughs> did take a right turn there into Ford Bronco land out of BMW M5 land. Oh my gosh. Well, if you think about like my, so my early days, I had the Bronco and I had two Fox body Mustangs, um, like the GT 5.0s. And so what I think that that set up for me was my love of like V8 muscle Mm -hmm. went from kind of American muscle into German muscle. And I, I switched over to M cars pretty much primarily and now I have an AMG E63 S wagon. So, oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. So I like the V8 muscle. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, lady after my own heart. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What so, a what a beast. List. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about I talk about snouts. I was going to say Audi, but why should I even bother? But uh, you think of the RS, you know, the Avance wagons that they have. Those are kind of sweet, huh? Oh, they're beautiful. It's funny. My RCEO, Laurent Potavon, has an RS6 Avant that he has full um, uh, uh, Akropovich. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, so, I mean, the thing is my, incredible. Yeah. But I've raced, I've dragged basically my M5 against a stock RS6 Avant. And it, the RS6 without any modifications is a little underwhelming. Um, but my <laughs> guess is I think his now has like 800 horsepower. It's oh like my super gosh. Huge. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I love a wagon. I like you. You're great, Sarah. <laughs> That's very cool. So I'm going to crawl into your head. I've got a certificate of mindery here, car mindery, if you will. I just made that word up. I don't even know if it exists, but it sounds kind of cool. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, though. This is how you perceive your personality, mm-hmm. the lady in the mirror. What mm-hmm. would you be, but more importantly, why? Well, I think I would, I think my M5 was me reincarnated as a car. <laughs> nice. Um, I really do believe that. It, it, and I'm like, how do I say this? Like, I'm trying to say this without sounding like a, Really, but I think that it's you know an M5 is naturally understated until it's not. 
Right. right. It's a lot of power and finesse wrapped up in this very understated and please like, I'm going to caveat this like beautifully appointed interior mm-hmm. and exterior, but I'm referring more to like my wardrobe because I love, <laughs> okay. love sneakers and things. I'm not, if this is, I'm like, how do I do this? Fair enough. Um, but it's not flashy. Yeah. And um, we actually nicknamed her the warrior princess uh, <laughs> last year, which is basically what I felt like coming out of the, the trauma that I went through. And that car was like my comfort zone. My car was like my happy place. And so it's just like that car is, it's incredible power when it's asked. It can just kind of eat up hills and roads without asking for attention. Mm -hmm. And then it can just kind of go about its day. And I was like, it just, it just felt like me. (laughs) Well, nicely said. Uh, Yeah. I'll tell you the first time I drove when they first came out with the M5, and I've always been into little smaller cars. I've had lots of 911s, uh, e, you know, E36, E40, 6M3s. But I got in an M5 and I just went, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I It just kept pulling and pulling. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to lift. Oh, I have to lift. I mean, I'm not <laughs> on a track. This is stupid. How fast am I going? Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're brilliant. Uh, but they are kind of... Uh, maintenance hogs they can be right they can be i mean this one was under this was the you know my daily it was a, it was under warranty and then when i bought it out i made sure to keep the warranty but yeah i mean and i think that if you think back to like an e39 m5 you know you can do more work on them yourself and as these newer cars like it really is tricky and i think that had i kept it for you know, any period of time longer than that, then it could get into, we could get into like trouble zones. Yeah. It's kind of like I bought my, well, my wife and I have bought, I shouldn't say I bought her a car. She, she works her tail off too. We bought her X fives and I really wanted to get the, uh, the more high performance version. And the dealers every time said, don't do it. Don't tell my boss I said it, but, uh, they're kind of maintenance hogs. And we've had her latest variation for 19 years it's got the inline six nice yeah is bulletproof i mean just better knock on wood it might hear me but uh (laughs) it's been a it's been just a wonderful car lots of miles and i've been told by my mechanic buddies who know these things keep doing what you're doing maintenance wise you get three hundred thousand miles out of that engine yeah it's uh yeah so they can be but the higher performance cars yeah they just they kind of eat you up a little bit so books great reading is there a book you can share with us today you know, I haven't, I love reading and I hadn't been reading much over the past year, but I did pick up, um, probably cause it was like, you know, short bits, but Will Buxton's, uh, my greatest defeat, which is, I don't know if you've read it, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a group of stories, um, where he interviews incredible drivers, you know, you name it right from Alex Zanardi to Frank Heaty to, you know, I mean, all the, all the greats and they talk about, you know, their kind of biggest losses and fears and, you know, all their stories. And so it was, you know, how they made difficult decisions to keep going. And I just thought he did a really a nice job. It was a passion project for him. And there's good lessons that came out of that for me. And it was sort of something obviously that I, that I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Will's great. He was a guest on my show back in 2019 before all the craziness hit us. Um, and he talked about it was when that book came out, he was guest, uh, 1302 and, uh, he's, he's a great guy. And I was so excited. I felt like I was talking to a friend cause I've followed him as a journalist for F1 for so long. Yeah. You know, when he called in, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I know you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I really like him. I, yeah. I think he's great. 
It's a great book. It really is a great book. And it's a, it's one of those books that kind of lifts you up going, oh man, if somebody overcame that, yeah. I can overcome this. So uh, yeah, uh, great, great reference. I like that very much. So I'm an enabler. I'm going to enable you. This should be interesting <laughs> to go on the ultimate drive. I'm buying you any car in the world here, Sarah. I don't care what it costs. We've got a big checkbook here at Cars. Yeah, you can take it anywhere and you can go with anybody, even somebody from the past. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? It went around and around thinking about this. Um, and again, I want this to be a, I want this to be a happy thing, not yes. a, a sad yeah. thing. So I landed on highway one through Big Sur, um, nice. it, as a, as a native Californian, you know, it was one of our favorite places in the world and oh, yeah. I would want to do it in probably a 911 R or a 997 GT3 RS, something <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so I'll take your checkbook. Okay. Take and, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would love to do it with my husband. Yeah. He was a huge lover of Porsches. And, you know, uh, though I was the better driver, <laughs> he would go. get sick, car sick right seating. So he would be driving. And it just would be such a beautiful moment to go back together and do that in the car that we loved. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, that's such a wonderful stretch of road. I bought a, are you familiar with the Beck Spider? Um, it's the 550 uh, Porsche 550 Spider that oh, Chuck yes, Beck yes, built. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Wilhoit, down your way, who does, you know, he restores some of the nicest 356s and early 911s. I've known John for a long time and he built a car for a guy. Sorry, listeners, you've heard this story before, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, he took a Beck body and tubular frame, but then he put all Porsche components inside the car. And this guy spent way too much on the car. And then he had some real estate problems and had to sell everything. And John called me and he said, Mark, you got to buy this car. I mean, this guy's got to let it go. He's going to let it go for pennies on the dollar, what he spent. But you got to buy it today. You're going to love it. And I said, okay. And so I flew down there with my son, who was eight years old at the time. Blake's about to turn 30 now. Oh and God. we drove that car all the way from Long Beach, back up Highway 1, went through Big Sur, the highway in that, that little car. And it was just so much fun. And um, I'll tell you, we went through the Redwood Forest in that thing. And oh. if, you, if you think your car looks small next to a Redwood tree, <laughs> park a 550 Spider next to a Redwood tree. It looks like a toy, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. How, how just magnificent. Yeah. But I think I would have rather been in an R or GT3 RS or GT2 RS or something like that. Of course, it would have gotten me into trouble, no doubt. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, that would be a wonderful drive for sure. You have taken us on a wonderful drive today, Sarah. And I can't thank you enough for spending some time taking a little pit stop with me today. And you're very busy schedule in life with this uh, new position you're in with Petronix. Could you give us some parting words of wisdom or advice before we let you go? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I get asked that a lot by, you know, people that are either getting into their careers or trying to figure out what to do. And I think the thing that I've learned, I have not been on a linear path, you know, and both from, you know, going from, fa- you know, finance to fashion to cars, but also yeah. just in those industries, you know, doing different things. And I think the best thing I can say is don't be afraid of that and try things, you know, along the way. And, you know, the, the obvious path, the, the thing that, you, you know, the, the end goal, how you get there may not necessarily be linear. And you might want to try different things along the way that teach you new things or teach you about the industry that you love and, you know, just stick with it and do the work. Um, you know, it's unfortunately things are getting more complicated and and not simpler. But if you just put your head down and, and keep driving to what you want to do, it'll unfold. But don't be afraid. 
like, don't be afraid to, to take a left turn, a right turn, a U-turn, you know, a roundabout, because that's kind of how that's the journey to, to get there. Yeah, great advice. Um, the the old school ways, going back to my generation of uh, people staying at one place for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not so sure that is the best path. I think you can have a lot more fruitful and fulfilling life to take your advice, and that is don't be afraid and try new things. So I like that. Great advice. How can people learn more about Petronics and Performance Family of Brands? Um, thank you. Yeah, right now, just to keep things confusing, we're um, on <laughs> different, two different websites. So we have AeromotiveInc.com and PertronicsBrands.com. Those will hopefully at some point this year be merging together. But um, check out both of those sites. And then also on social media, um, Aeromotive and Pertronics Performance Brands on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. There you go. I'll put links to all these, but Pertronics, P-E-R-T-R-O-N-I-X. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be excited if you're not familiar. I'm sure most of you listeners are. You've heard this name before, but you may not know of this family of brands. So that should get you excited because there's a lot of opportunities to have some fun and enhance your vehicle. And what's wrong with that? We all love that kind of stuff, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to my friends at Con Media, Logan Carter in particular, uh, and his colleagues. They got me together with Sarah. So Logan, thank you very much. They bring me some wonderful guests. If you're not familiar with Con Media, check them out. They do a great job. Sarah, thank you for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and sharing your story. I'm so happy we got to meet. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. It's been a blast. You're welcome. This was fun. All right. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!